They are gone. Caleb's got to catch up. There he goes. Streak. And grease lightning. Let's see here. Maybe I can get it there. Well, God is so good. Of course, she was only with me for part of the trip. Uh, I drove down to Texarkana, met with Caleb Cook and another couple that are helping him to and his wife to start a church in Texarkana, Texas. It's, it's on both sides, Arkansas and Texas. And it was really a, a great meeting. I gave him some documents and things to kind of model after. And I've done the same thing for his dad, Sister Virginia, and, and I think Sandy Redfern, and, and Mark Panagas, and Robert Bass, and Lucia, of course, and myself, and Sherman and Virginia. Uh, we went up to help establish that church in Collinsville, Illinois, and then they eventually moved to Pontoon Beach where they bought a building from another friend of mine, Dr. Eddie Brown, and uh, he's quite a character. Anyway, I've ministered with him before, and he used to be one of Brother Gorman's associates, but it's, it's an awesome life. You know, we've seen a new start, church started in Foley, Alabama, and then now in Texarkana, and then we, I drove down to Brownsville on the very tip of Texas, right by Matamoros, Mexico. And I actually saw the bridge, you know. I saw where they walk across to come into the country legally. The, the illegals don't come through there. <laughs> but uh, it was an awesome time down there. We had Friday night, and the very first person I prayed for was associate pastor. He had a blind right eye. He was blind in his right eye. And... First, I said, is anybody in pain? He jumped up and ran up to the front, you know. I said, what's going on? He said, I can't see out of my right eye because I'd talked about seeing blind people healed. And so I put my hand on his eye and prayed over it. And he saw a little bit of light, and a little better. Then the second time I prayed, he saw blurriness. And then the third time, it's completely clear. So his blind eye was opened. And that just opened the whole shebang. And then I had deaf ears opened, an older lady with deaf ears. She had these big uh, hearing aids trying to just hear a little bit. But she heard perfectly after that. And just several, I mean many healings. And we had so much fun and the minister there. But it was packed out Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Monday night. We could have gone on. Uh, for a week or two, probably, if I'd have been able and they'd have been up to it. I think they were a little nervous to try that. And then uh, I took Tuesday night off, and we just had a little fun, went out and ate and hung out together. And then Wednesday and Thursday, we went over to McAllen, where James Littleton has a small church and a room behind a tattoo parlor. So... That was quite a unique place. Uh, they didn't bother us. We didn't bother them. But uh, he had about 18 or so regulars show up, and I prayed for a lot of them for healing. The next night, about 30 people showed up, about 12, 15 visitors. And we had a lot of healing. One little short guy, 
He was uh, blind from birth and had other disabilities, hearing problems. He wore hearing aids. And he could see a little by this magnifying thing. It looks like a microscope that he had on a deal, and he would look this close with it. And that's how much he could see. And uh, I prayed for him, and literally, uh, I forget who was standing next to me, but we watched, and this guy's eye, the left eye, went like this. I mean, the eyelid opened, and he could see from birth. Okay? And, uh, of course, every kind of back, knee, hip, shoulder, hand, wrist, you name it, migraines, every kind of pain in the world left. Everybody that I prayed for. Only two people that I remember down there that didn't get healed of pain, and they were in a car wreck the day before, and they were sore. Their muscles were sore. So, anyway, that, I don't know why it was that way, but it was. And, uh, but everybody else's pain left their body, and I'd have them move their legs or knees or bend over or whatever, and the pain would be gone. And then when I went, we went up to Gonzales, and that is in between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. They have a church called Miracle Center there, and there's probably 25 people in that service. It's at 9 a.m., and I prophesied over several, and, and one man, literally there's a book written about him because he investigated some, a serial killer and murderers. And it was Garland's brother-in-law. He was an older guy. It was his sister's second marriage. And this guy, rough. I mean, he didn't have me pray for him the other times that I'd gone there. And uh, he came up. He had pain. And I prayed for him and all his pain left. He could bend over. He is back trouble. And so uh, after the service was over, he came up and hugged my neck. I mean, this is not a feely, touchy kind of guy. But he hugged my neck so hard, Stephen, he reminded me of you. Only about twice as big. And, uh, and he just hugged. And he just thanked me. He said, man, I, I'm relieved. This pain is gone. And then others. And, and then we drove. Immediately after the service, at quarter to 11, we got in the vehicle and drove quickly to Metairie, which is a suburb of New Orleans, about an hour away, 15 minutes away. And we walked in on the last song of worship, and I ran into the bathroom, came out, and then was there, and they had to receive the offering and all, and then they turned it over to me, and... and the neat thing is the first church, I think there was two or three black people there. The second church, there was about 20 white people, and there was about 100 people there. And, and the rest were black. And you talk about a rockin' good time we had. Because <laughs> if anybody had pain, I'd say, look, down in Brownsville, we would say, little pain? And they would say, little pain? I'd say, Go! And then they'd say, go. And so they got into it. And I'd say, little pain. And they'd say, little pain. Go, go. And so the pain would leave. But we had lots and lots of healings. That young man that she was talking about, he'd come up, and as soon as we laid hands on him, he was speaking in other tongues. I mean, he was 
filled to the brim, to overflow. And he said he'd been an addict, and he was working out in the gym, and he could hear the music over his headphones. And he was drawn into that place. And so he just cried and cried and wept. But it was an awesome thing. But uh, there are so many other things, but that's the gist of it. Miracles, healings, so many healings. It's like a new wave of healing ministry for me. And the prophetic was kind of like secondary, which usually it's more the prophetic and then you see healings. But it's the opposite. And uh, so uh, Tino's trying to get me to go to Columbia, South America, and the, the guy that owns has a compound down there and the rehab center and a church has already called me and left a message. I didn't know who it was, you know, so I didn't answer it. And so uh, if you ever need me and I don't answer, just leave a message. I will call you back. But uh, Garland's already saying I need you to come back after the first of the year. And so uh, I told him I'd do that sometime after the first of the year going to Mexico, not in November now, but the first week or so of December. So uh, I've told people if they wanted to go, they had to have a passport, but I'll be going back again probably. Uh, Lee Short's trying to get me to come back sometime in January and uh, collaborate on starting another church. So with Isaac, his guy that he sent down. And so I'm waiting to hear from Isaac and just a lot of stuff. Pray for me that God will keep the flow going, keep the money coming, because it takes money to go. But we are talking about healing the broken heart. How many know that when God heals your broken heart, there's no more a wound but just a scar? And I look at my scars on my arm. It doesn't hurt anymore, but I remember what happened. And that's what God does. He allows you to remember what happened. If you had traumatic things happen to you in your past, but it doesn't mean it has to hinder you anymore. It doesn't have to be. It is a bad memory, things that happen, but it doesn't have to control you or your emotions. He heals you so that it just becomes a memory so that you can utilize that to minister to other people that go through similar things. Amen? Anyway, let's look at Luke 4, 18 and 19. Pastor Ken, you going to read for me? Hallelujah. These are our text verses. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you remember what I told you, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been in this service, that he did not say in the day of the vengeance of our God, like it says in Isaiah 61. Jesus was reading from Isaiah in Luke chapter 4. So he was reading out the prophets, and that passage also said in the day of the vengeance of our God. But you know what? He wasn't ready to judge the world just yet he was leaving it's an acceptable day of the lord in other words all these things are supposed to be happening so that it's an acceptable day of the lord so nelson we can get more people saved 
We can help heal the brokenhearted. We can help open people's eyes. Literally, I'm seeing that was my 28th and 29th blind person that's been healed in the last 20 years. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God. He used a little country boy like me to help open eyes. And by the way, I got a good report from my eye doctor today. I don't have to go back. He said if you need to use reading glasses, you can either get a prescription from your regular eye doctor or you can just buy them from Walmart or whatever. I already have some. I got them right here. If I needed them, I could use them. But most of the time I read without them. And I thank God for that. I'm just not better looking, though. I look in the mirror and I say, oh, man, I need to do something about that. I might have to start wearing makeup under my eyes or something. All these bags. I feel like I'm going on a trip. I've got so many bags. You know? <laughs> I shouldn't be saying that. Anyway, that's all right. But God wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants this to be a good day an acceptable day for people so that they can say, I'm not bound by my past anymore. I'm not held back by what's happened to me in my past. You know, we get counseling, we get prayer. Those are things and events that have happened in our lives, but they're just memories. They're not hurting us any longer. And the Bible says, Paul told Timothy, for God has not given us are you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind? So he, he heals us to have a sound mind, to utilize the power of God, to operate in the love of God where we can love everybody. We don't have to be afraid of people that remind us of somebody that hurt us in our past. See, God's with us to deliver us. Psalm 139.23 is another great verse, and Pastor Ken's going to read that. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. Wow. See, the New King James says, and anxieties. I like that. You know, a lot of people take medicine for anxiety. I told you about the three core beliefs. Uh, conformity, uh, compulsivity, and control. First one's identity, and they deals with depression. A person has automatic thoughts that makes them think they got to conform to somebody else's way of doing it, or they got to be what somebody else wants them to be. You know, that's okay if you're in the army. You better conform, or they'll have you running in your your army boots, doing push-ups and stuff like that. But conformity causes a person to lose their identity and they get depressed over it. Compulsivity is where there's anxiety and pain in their life, and there's something that causes them not to be able to deal with their thoughts, those automatic thoughts, so then they need to take drugs, or they need to, uh, you know, be obsessed with something, maybe work or a hobby. Some people are obsessed with their hobbies, you know, whatever they may be. And so they use that obsession to cause them not to think about the things that hurt them. Then the third one is control, and the symptom of that is anger, and it's because things uh, have been tried to cause us uh, to push our buttons. You know, somebody knows how to push your buttons, don't they? And then it makes you mad, you know, and you want to hit them, punch them in the nose. I was talking to a guy today 
he had upset somebody. He didn't even know it. He was pumping gas. He turned around, and this guy said, hey, and he called his name, and then he, boom, just clocked him. Cheap shot. He showed me the pictures. It was all bloody and everything. Yeah. You'd know him if I told you who it was. It was terrible. But sometimes people lose control because they're angry. And why are they angry? Because they have resentment. And they, they're upset. But anyway, let's look at this a little. And when I put it in it over the Internet and I sent it to Zach, it doesn't have the numbers. I don't know why it doesn't send the numbers, but number one is we want God to search us and know our hearts. Your heart, L-A-E-B in the, in the Hebrew, and it means the throne of your thought life and your emotions and your decision-making. So you see... We want God to search our emotions, our thoughts, and our decisions so that we can be healed and not make the same mistakes over and over and over again. The second thing that he read in that scripture was, he must try us. We need him to try us. What's that mean? Have you ever gone through a test? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. A testimony. When you have a testimony, you're sharing something about a test that you went through, but the key was you went through it. So he, he must try us and know our thoughts and our ways. We need him to know us. He already does. But what it is, number three, the Holy Spirit, he won't overstep our free will. So we have to open up and let God try us so that he can bring out what the problems have been. Read verse 24, if you would. And see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow, isn't that awesome? We need him to see if there's any wicked way. You might say, wicked? That sounds really bad. Well, something that's evil or wrong or from the enemy, demonic, however you want to say it, disobedient, rebellious. We want him to try us and examine us to find out if there's any wicked ways in us. I mean, if you let him do that, you'll find some ugliness under there somewhere that God needs to get rid of. He'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if it's worse than that, it's usually. You ever heard that? That person was so ugly they were ugly. That's just a funny thing. But there's some ugliness under there sometimes that we need to get out of our life and out of our heart. He can see if there's any wicked ways in us. And then number five, he can then lead us out of the wicked ways into the ways of everlasting. I mean, to live with him forever to live a free and overcoming life. to be It's an awesome thing. You see, because He already knows our stuff, but wants the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to us so the wicked ways can be closed off. You ever see a bad road and they got the road closed? They say right lane blocked or right lane closed and you have to go on the left lane and they had repaved the left side and that's so nice but the right side 
you know what they do they they scrape it if you notice that when they're fixing roads they'll scrape it like you know concrete fingernails right down it's got all these lines on it because they're getting it set so that the pavement adheres sometimes god kind of scrapes us he kind of goes through us to get rid of that wicked stuff out of our lives and our hearts romans 8 and 32 tells us something he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things awesome nelson when we let him reveal to us the wrongs in our hearts and our minds then he cleanses us for all, from all our unrighteousness and then if we come to him he won't withhold anything you need something tonight he won't withhold your healing he won't withhold a blessing you ask for something, it's granted to you. If you speak to the mountain, you've got faith, you could say, go on to the sea. And whatever you ask could be given to you if you believe it and not doubt. But what we do is sometimes we doubt because we have this stuff in us that makes me think, maybe God doesn't love me as much as he loves Sister Lucia. She looks so healthy and so nice. Sister Sheila, I don't know about her now. You know, no, I'm teasing. No, but God works through us, and he gets rid of the junk. you got to get rid of that stuff like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm just not good enough. No, that's a lie. That is a lie of the devil. You know, we got to get rid of that lie. Not listen to those lies. You are good enough because he's made you good enough. Man, by his word. By the work of the Holy Spirit, you have every right to ask Him for the things that you need because you're a child of God. And if you're a child of God, usually Jesus, after a while, He made His disciples His friends. He told the disciples in John chapter 1, He said, I, I, couldn't, I can't accept all the multitude because I know what is in them. He knows their wicked ways. But he says, but you, my disciples, I call you friends. Isn't that awesome? Jesus Christ says you're his friend. I think that's just cool. Yeah. Nelson calls me. I say, Nelson David Lloyd, what you doing today? He says, Pastor Kevin McAnulty, I'm just checking up on you. We have a lot of fun, don't we, Nelson, on the phone? You see, he knows. What's 837 say, Pastor Kim? Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Touchdown! We're victorious. We're more than conquerors. We are overcomers because of God working in and through us. We win. We don't lose, Sister Anna. You and Sister Rocky can start shouting anytime you want. But we are. We're more than conquerors and overcomers. That's number eight. Actually, seven was we can receive as we are freed up to do our purpose. You know what? If you're entering your purpose, then God has to give you some stuff to help you do it. You might need a van. 
I think Brother Stephen said he was he got himself a van one time. He was filling it up with people. Now he's filled it up with a family. He married Amanda and he got a ready-made family plus then they had a baby after that. They got a whole mess, what we call it. It's a good mess. Bunch of kids. Yeah, blessed mess. But anyway, he knows and he makes us winners. He really does. Let's read Psalm 139, 1 through 6. Pastor Ken. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You can comprehend my path and my laying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Wow. He has so much. You can spend the rest of your life trying to get it all. And he is so vast. They said that everything that Jesus did, there's not enough books in the world that can hold it all. Did you know every day, I mean the Gospels doesn't share everything, I mean, he did stuff from morning till night. People were touched. They just gave you a few little highlights. But there's so much. I can't wait till when we get to heaven. I want to go to the video library. I'm sure they don't have tapes uh, or, or DVDs. You'll just say, I want to see Jesus part one or whatever. Jesus, his first 30 days in the ministry. And it's like a whole library of things that he did. But it's awesome. He knows about you, by the way, all the way backwards to your mother's womb. Sometimes when I counsel people, I talk to them about what happened. And it's funny because when you're in the healing ministry, like when I was in these places, I would look at somebody and say, I see you when you're in your early 20s and... An event happened that caused you to have trauma. And that woman's eyes just filled with tears and tears started running down her face. I said, I know what it was, but I'm not going to say it. You know that I know. She shook her head, yes. She had an ailment in her middle part, and God, boom, as soon as she accepted that, she was healed. All the pain left her body. You see? We recognize by the Holy Spirit what was causing her pain to begin with. And that's an event back into her 20s. She was in her 40s at least. And so for over 20 years, she was bound in pain by an event that transpired. But I said, I see the event, and boom, God was there. And he pulled you out of that event, and so now you are healed. And I mean... The heaviness just lifted and went away. And her physical body lined up with the Spirit of God. And she was healed. Isn't that awesome? Amen. How God works. So read Psalm 139, 13 through 17. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. We're all adults here, so I'll speak plainly. He knew you in the sperm, in the loins of your father, and he knew you in the egg that was in your mother's ovaries that had to ovulate and allow the egg to come and the sperm to meet, to form you, to conceive you, and then for you to become an embryo. The world wants to call it a fetus. But nobody, I've never heard any woman run around saying, I'm going to have a fetus. I'm going to have a fetus. I haven't had one, heard one woman say that before. Then they find out, they say, I'm going to have a baby. Because they have a positive outlook about it. But the world wants to taint it in terminology that will make you think it's not a real human being or purpose that God has formed. He formed that baby by the structure of mankind. And so even when the baby wasn't conceived, maybe under spiritual righteousness, the baby still was allowed to come by God. And so it became a gift to the to the parents and to the world. Whether they treat it that way or not is a different story. But he knows you all the way back to your womb. There was a man that he was, he suffered so much rejection that in counseling, the counselor took him back all the way to his mother's womb and saw the rejection in him in his mother's womb because maybe the mother didn't really want to have a baby. She felt stuck with it. Maybe the daddy didn't want to have the baby. Maybe it was born out in unrighteousness. So he, he would have wished she had had an abortion. But there was rejection. And this guy was a minister. So over this time, he got freed from the spirit of rejection. And it changed his life and it changed his ministry. It can go all the way back in your spirit and in your memory, you may not remember. I don't remember anything before I was about two and a half, three years old. Anybody remember back that far? Ha! <laughs> uh huh. You can remember that. That's amazing. See, that is amazing. Yeah. We can pray about that. Unless you're not. But you see, I remember all the way back when my brother and sister shoved me in the closet and shut the door and told me that the devil was coming after me. Now, I forgive them. Scared me to death. And I come out of that closet as soon as they'd let me out. And I ran down and found my mama or my daddy, and I told, they scared me in the closet. 
before they got it. <laughs> Torment their little brother, two years old, two and a half. Yeah. We got memories, see. Some of them way back like that, where God wants you to be able to have revelation so you can have freedom. He wants to bring freedom to you. But sometimes it is. He, he says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows your frame. He knows how tall you'll be one day. He knows what type of body type you're going to be. You know, we study all that in psychology. Endomorph, mesomorph, ectomorph. You know what that means? Ecto is a skinny one. Endomorph and mesomorph, they're a little thicker. You may say, what was I? Well, that's, you, that's your problem. You can figure that out <laughs> yourselves. But see, you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. Don't you let any devil from hell lie to you and tell you you are not. Everybody has a right, if they hear the word, to be drawn and to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They do. They don't have to be bound. Point 10 is God wants to heal us all the way backwards and forwards. He doesn't want you to walk in pain into your future. He wants you to be healed from your backwards, from your past, all the way up to your present, into your future, so you can walk with the confidence of grace and mercy and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so, lo and behold, can you believe that I finished that message today? You wanted more, didn't you? Well, I'll have more next week. But right now, let's go ahead and minister a little bit. You know, and if I was talking to you, I'll start here. Trish opened the can of worms up there. If you want ministry, I want you to come. I'll pray for you. Yeah. It's great having her here tonight. Yeah. Tell you, stand right here so if the power of God overwhelms you, you can just sit down. Oh, I, I almost fell down a while ago. Well, here, take my hand. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for Trish. Thank you for bringing her into this world letting her chase Garfield the cat when she was a little baby. And then you brought her down here with her family. And there's been some rough things along the way. But God, you kept her till now. How old are you? I'm 41. 41. You've kept her, God, for 41 years for a reason and for a purpose. So we lay hands on you today. By that, I'm point of contact of faith. Can I put my hand back here? Lord, we know that you destroy the yokes of the enemy, the lies, the deceptions, anything that wasn't of you that has weighed just like a weight on her shoulders, oh God, that you would liberate her tonight from those things and that you would go all the way back to when she was that little girl, full of life, happy, and then the enemy came and tried to rob her. But he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank you, Lord, for keeping her safe from the harm and evil. And she is a survivor. And I thank you, God, that you're going to just touch her now 
eliminate these yokes. You're going to lift the heaviness off of her. She's going to have joy. She's going to be happy to serve you from this day forward. And we speak a bright future and hope over her life. No, no bad thoughts, no evil thoughts toward her. But we give you thanks for her. We ask you to just touch her and liberate her and fill her with your love and your grace and your mercy. And we love you, Jesus, for this work you've done in this precious child of God. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' Christ's name. Just like the Good Samaritan that poured in the oil and the wine and gave hope to a person that was damaged and hurt, we do that tonight. Holy Spirit, just pour it into her life, into her heart, into her thoughts, into her emotions, by the authority of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, just take a deep breath. Yeah. Woo! How you feel? I feel a lot better. I, 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 the moment okay. that he invited me to church, yeah. I I've felt, got you here close yes, enough. You can I, get on the microphone. I felt that. I was supposed to definitely be here. Amen. And everything that you preached about and taught, that yes, everything I needed, I needed wow. to be here. I really, truly needed to be here. We thank Nelson for that, don't we? Nelson's such a wonderful guy. I, I have been, I, I don't know my purpose, and I've been destroying myself yeah. so dramatic. And right. it's scary out there. Um, a lot of things will misguide you as though you're off. My wife's a counselor. Same old. Sister Tara does a lot of intervention, and she can talk to you, too. So you feel free to chat with them after yeah. church. Yeah, a lot of them. I'm in Sister Virginia. She prophesies and ministers. And Anna back there, she does intervention. Sheila's a minister. So we love you and appreciate you being here. Yeah. And we're going to stand with you and see you get better. And your purpose, first of all, is to live and not die. <laughs> Secondly, to be a praise instrument unto God Almighty who created you. So that's two things you can work on right there. So live. Amen. All right. Nelson, thank you so much for bringing her so that she could receive the grace and mercy of God tonight. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Philip came this way, I think, maybe. Sister Virginia and Brother Sherman, they got the hot seat. We'll just call this the warm seat. Lord, Philip's a, a wonderful, steady man of God who loves you, loves his family. He, he desires to serve you with excellence. And there's been sometimes turmoil in his heart because I think he's a perfectionist in some ways, Lord. And, and he works so hard for that approval, God, and yet he is already accepted in the Beloved, and he's accepted with us. And I put my hand on him today knowing that he is a child of God, a man of God. He is a victory man. He is a warrior in Christ. And we bless him to go back to wherever it is that you want him to go back to today and see the healing come. I see an eight-year-old boy now in my mind. 
and some harsh words spoken to you, and you wanted to cry, but you were told, shut those tears up. I see it. And you weren't allowed to express emotion. You thought this is not what a real man is supposed to do. You were told, that's not how a man is. But you can because Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem. And he had emotions. And so we free you tonight to have emotions that you'll become a weeping prophet, hallelujah, that the dam will break and that the victory will flow and the tears will flow, (laughs) that you'll be a great, awesome child of God and show mercy to everybody around you, that you'll become such a a tender-hearted guy that you'll be like a teddy bear. Everybody want to give you hugs. In Jesus Christ's name tonight, let it begin then. Hallelujah. Whew. How's it feel? Better. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, after praying for people, especially the old ladies, I say old ladies, don't take that wrong, but they were such jolly little ladies down in Brownsville, white-headed, and I'd pray for them, and they would say, can I hug you? i say, I guess so, I'm just so huggable, you know, I'm just a teddy bear, and so they'd give me these big hugs, you know. Anyway, who's next? Anybody else? Nelson? Okay. This guy, he's been with me for years. I have to remind him of that sometimes. Say, Nelson, this is your home. Don't go wandering far from home. You know, it's like your mama calling you, it's time to eat. Get in the house. (laughs) Well, that's how it is for you. You got your meal right here in this church. God's building you up so that you can be a blessing to others. Sometimes people have taken advantage of you and your good-heartedness. And then it hurts. And I bless you tonight that those hurts will not penetrate your emotions and your heart anymore, but that it will be turned the sorrow into joy. And that those that didn't receive the word that you had to share with them, Jesus said, he said, shake the dust off your feet. So you just do that. You just shake off the rejection because there are plenty of others that will receive the word when you share it with them. For God has created you to be a mighty man of God. That's right. You always are a joy to be around and to see you. So I bless you tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Whew, feel better? Yes. Feel lighter, don't you? Yeah. A little bit? Hallelujah. There's a hugger. <laughs> That's you. Praise the Lord. Yeah, God, you're doing a good work in Stephen. Yeah, Pastor Ken told me how you came to the altar and how you just wept. You know, That's a man who is not afraid to allow his emotions to be seen. That's a man that's being healed. And we just continue to pray 
that that healing continue in you and that your mind that like I told Nelson that you your goodness and your your openness to people that it not be damaged because of rejection or somebody even I've had people make fun you know it's not my problem it's theirs you know just shake the dust off and realize God is with you to deliver you and to deliver a word that can go deep in their heart and then later they'll go sit down and he'll bring it back to their remembrance and they'll think about what you said man they even plucked the beard of Jesus you know he was mistreated but he didn't say a word he told the thief on the cross I forgive you today you'll be with me in paradise that's awesome that's another whole story but God is with you and whatever's been told to you and said to you in rejection of you was because they had rejection in their own heart and people project on others that try to show love because they're afraid that it's not real but I pray that your, your sharing and your love for others will come through yes. and that others will begin to receive like never before because you're genuine. You're the real deal. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I tell you what, we're having a good time, aren't we? You being blessed by these short Wednesday night teachings? Trying not to go too long because you, you got to chew on it and take it and give it to somebody else. Anybody else need prayer before we go? It doesn't have to be for what I talked about, but if you got hurt in your body and you need a healing, I can pray for that. Well, you know what? I put my hand on your neck. Did you notice that? And we broke those things, actually destroyed. That's what 1027 Isaiah says. The anointing destroys the yoke. And so many people have migraines and headaches. It comes from the neck because the enemy tried to put an infirmity on you or a curse of genealogy or a root of some kind. Some people have had witchcraft against them, all kinds of things. But that's why I pray by putting my hand on somebody's neck and my hand on their head that God will deliver them. I think your migraines are going away in the name of Jesus. And you're going to be well. Relationships. That's hurtful, painful. Well, I tell you what, I want Tara to visit with you and pray for you. Yeah, you can do that now if you want. Anybody else need a physical healing? She's going to take you and talk to you. Anybody need a physical healing before we go? Yeah? Sister Sheila? She's lost a lot of weight. Y'all notice that? You did? Well, Lucia, come up here. Stay right there. Lucia's going to put her hand on your back, and God's going to heal it. 
Is it right there? Sure, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to lessen the pain, loosen the vertebrae and the disc and the nerves and the muscles right now and bring healing power to Sheila's back. Let it go. Let the little pain go away now. Hallelujah. Be gone in the name of Jesus and be made whole. Hallelujah. All right, move around a little bit. Move. Go ahead, move around. Is the pain there? Up, oh, little pain. Come on, little pain. Go. All right, put your hand there again. Right now, little pain's got to go. No more, no residual of the pain. Ooh, I felt that. You feel that? It was like a surge of power just came down. Woo, glory. Hallelujah, little pain's gone. Move around a little, Sheila. It's gone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, look at that. Hallelujah. Any pain? That little pain's gone, Philip. Where is it at? Back? Which hip? The right? Okay. And your which shoulder? Both on the right. Put your hand on your hip, where it is exactly. And put my hand on your hand. And then your shoulder, Lord, right now, by the name of Jesus Christ. We command pain to be gone and Philip to be healed completely for pain to leave, his muscles to loosen, sciatic nerve to be loosened in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Move around a little bit. Is it better? Back's good? Show me exactly. In the back? Okay, well right there, Lord. By the name of Christ Jesus, we command the pain to be gone and the shoulder to be well. Right now, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right? Hallelujah. Well, Lord, bless. All right. We stand with me. We give honor and praise and glory to the Lord Most High. We thank you, God. You get all the glory, and we honor you with our praise. And thanks right now in the name of Jesus. Be with us all as we go. Amen. All right. God bless you.